listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Well, you just heard the golden voice of the man from way up above at Fox Sports Radio. It's that time of week again. And we've got an epic show for you tonight. As I've said many times before, sports are the greatest reality show and you can script everything but the ending. And on that note, welcome back to another critically acclaimed edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. Tonight, I will quickly revisit the Brady-Belichick interlocutories, and it should come as no surprise who the victor is, well, at least for round one. But last August, and I did this last August, I chronicled Belichick's life before and without Brady, and the data I shared then still leads me to the same conclusion that I will reveal tonight. I'll do it in a minute. Also, last week, I surmised on who in the AFC could knock out the Chiefs. Tonight, I'm going to do the same for the sleek-looking Green Bay Packers. Can anybody prevent Aaron Rodgers' quest to get to the Super Bowl? We'll analyze. In about 15 minutes, Steve Fezzik, he'll join via phone as we chop up a busy wild-card Super Weekend. Three games are in the books. What did we learn? Three more to go, and we're going to look ahead with the kind of analytic thinking you've come to expect. Later on, after Brian Finley's epic update, Sleepy will weigh in on another best bet. And, of course, we close down the show with Mackinac Sports and plenty of fodder to stretch your brain. But not before I give my analysis and prediction of the college football national championship game Monday between Alabama and Ohio State. Sports, they're entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. As they say in Chanhassen, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right, quickly. Brady versus Belichick. I'm calling it a saga. It's it's not a divorce. Come on, stop it. It's That's a lazy name. It's a lazy characterization. I don't recall them taking any vows or any solemn promises till death do us part. It was a business partnership. And typically those don't last forever. Eventually they dissolve. But you know what's interesting is both Brady and Belichick saw in each other what they saw in themselves, a certain it factor. And, yes, I saw it at Brady in 1998 and 1999 when I was covering the Wolverines for WTK in Ann Arbor. There's a certain it factor that both of these guys have. And I'll lay it out for you. I, you know, I'll tell you what, tell you a little story. The Chicago Bears once had a tight end by the name of Tim Reitman. Now, Tim actually – matriculated at uh, UCLA where Brian Finley went. And by the way, he also went to high school at Mary Star of the Sea where our own David Gascon went. And they were both star football players, but I digress. Tim Reitman one day and the Bears were playing the New York Giants and right before the snap, Lawrence Taylor got up in his face and said, Sonny, when that ball is snapped, I'm going to the left. I'm going to hit you upside of your head, and I'm going to kill your quarterback, and there's not a damn thing you're going to be able to do about it. Well, Tim Reitman knew the cadence of the snap, and just precisely before the ball was snapped to the quarterback, Reitman looked at Lawrence Taylor and said, Mr. Taylor, is that your left or my left? The ball was snapped. Reitman fired off the line of scrimmage, hit him in the nuts, knocked him on the ground, and Lawrence Taylor looked up and smiled at Tim Reitman. That's the kind of savvy that both Brady and Belichick have shown. And when they departed, 
you had to ask yourself, well, okay, there's going to be an argument. Well, look, Brady was 11-5 and five this year. You can diminish it. You can say he ran up numbers against worse teams. I don't care what you – say whatever you want. 40 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 11 interceptions. He did a lot better than the guy did last year before him. And by the way, last year in New England, Brady had no weapons then either. 24 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 12-4. and four. Do whatever you want with that. Here's, here's where I want to go with this, and I want to get on and off it pretty quickly. I said this last August, so don't stop me if you heard me before because not everybody's heard this. Before Brady, Belichick had a record of 42-55. and 55. And by the way, I am not besmirching Bill Belichick. He's the second greatest coach of all time behind Scotty Bowman. I'll get to that some other time. But the point of the matter is, before Brady, he was 42-58. and 58. And when he took over the Cleveland Browns, the Browns in the mid-'90s had made the playoffs five of six years. But when Belichick took over, they had losing records for five seasons in Cleveland. By the way, Nick Saban was his defensive coordinator. Even Belichick was even 5-13 and 13 with Drew Bledsoe, and Bledsoe was the number one draft pick. Brady steps in, beats Peyton Manning and the Colts by 31 in his first game, and the rest is history. By the way, if you're scoring at home, the uh, Patriots were a 10-point underdog that day. Brady proceeded to go 13-3 and the rest of the way. They won the Super Bowl, and there you have it. The two together joined at the hip. They did some wonderful things, incredible. And, and, he, and during the salary cap era, and by the way, with Brady, Belichick covered the spread 59% of the time, 59.7% of the time. Without Brady, he covered the spread 51% of the time. Now, tonight, if you're watching TV, uh, give the Washington football team a hell of a lot of credit. Uh, the NFL, you've been served. This, this organization's for real. I give their personnel department uh, uh, for finding uh, that quarterback and bringing him in and doing a hell of a job. But Brady, nothing, you know, 381 yards, two touchdowns, 104-3 passer rating. He's now had 31 playoff wins in his career. Second place is Joe Montana with 16, and he's beaten 17 different teams. So don't call it a divorce. That's lame. That's weak. It's, It's a bad characterization. Businesses don't last forever, and this one didn't either. And I think Brady's doing just fine. Good friend of mine who I respect, I had dinner with him tonight. You might have heard of him. His name's Rob Parker. He thought they'd win six games this year, all right? Well, he was right, They but they did it by October. All right, let's get off of that. Let's get on to what you tuned in for. And one of the things I want to talk about before we get to Steve Fezzik here in about 10 minutes. Last week I talked about who can knock off Buffalo. Uh, check that, Kansas City. And I gave a lot of reasons. Uh, give Buffalo a lot of credit. I thought they looked really good today. They continue to be hot. Um, in the playoffs, don't overreact to how teams win. In the playoffs, it's survive in advance. They don't ask Kyle just how many. You keep going. Uh, but Buffalo proved they can move the ball on third down, fourth down. Uh, they can you know, sustain long drives. Indy's defense is very good. All right, give them credit. Well, who can beat Green Bay? Who can knock off the top seed Green Bay Packers? There are really only about three or four teams. I'm going to say I'm going to boil it down to three. The first one that people is – Smarter than me, believe maybe the maybe the New Orleans Saints, and here's why: because when you look at the numbers, their point differential this year is plus one forty-five. That's number one in the NFC. Their turnover differential is plus nine, so they play offense and defense. Number one in the NFC, and the yards per game differential plus sixty-six. That's a lot. Number two in the NFL, so their defense is better than people think. You already knew their offense was good, and you know. 
the thing that's challenging are in the last three playoff losses, the Saints lost on the last play of the game. And you wonder if that haunts them. There's one other thing, too, that I'm not sure the Saints can navigate is if they have to go to Green Bay, hothouse teams don't go to Lambeau Field in January and knock off the Packers typically. It's a nightmare for them, all right? So the long and the short of it is defensively, they play complementary football. The Saints gave up 20 yards less per game on the ground, and their defense has uh, has had you know eight more takeaways. So look, or four state more takeaways than anybody they've played. You have to put the Saints on the short list. Now, people I think that are smarter than me thought maybe the Seahawks. Why? Well, the Seahawks since week 10, points per game allowed, only 16, number one in the NFL. Sacks, 27, number two in the NFL. Yards per play allowed, 4.7, third in the NFL. Well, the Seahawks are done, and you got to give the Rams a hell of a lot of credit. I thought they'd win that game. I love them plus four today. They won outright. There's always upsets in the wild card round. Look, eight and three in the last 11 wild card games, the dogs covered five and six outright, and they go three and zero today, and the uh, Rams were the lone dog to win outright, even though it wouldn't be inconceivable. The other two gave it a shot. Give the Rams credit. They ran, you know, they, they they ran the ball for 168 yards today. Maybe they're on the short list now. Because if you can run the ball and stop the run, that defense is for real. Okay. Tampa Bay. All right. Their offense since week 10, averaging 34.6 yards per game. That's number two in the NFL, 6.7 yards per play. That's number one in the NFL, 429 yards per game, number one in the NFL. Tom Brady. In, this, in, in these last six games, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions, completing 69% of his passes. Are the, are the uh, Buccaneers peaking at the right time? We're going to find out, aren't we? See, you know, with the Bears upset um, the Saints tomorrow, I believe, I believe Tampa Bay will go to Green Bay. But if the Bears lose to the Saints, I believe Tampa Bay goes to New Orleans. Fezzik and I will talk about that in a minute. All right, so th- those are two teams – Three teams. One's gone already. Here's reality. I have the Packers uh, in our Fox Sports pool to get to the Super Bowl. I just think they will. The, the Packers at home, uh, they're, they're special. Just this year alone, 7-1. and one, They're averaging 32 points a game, and their point differential plus 97. These are all things that indicate and Aaron Rodgers at home. He plays like the Hall of Famer that he is. 23 touchdowns, two interceptions. I would be very surprised if Green Bay did not get to the Super Bowl. But you cannot, and I mean cannot, be, you cannot you know, find yourself in shock if the two chalk teams, Buffalo and Green Bay, or Buffalo, check that, Green Bay and Kansas City don't get there. I don't expect that to happen. Teams don't repeat. And when I give the Chiefs top credit, come on, they're 14-2. and two. They've got troubles in the red zone, settling for field goals. They've had troubles in the red zone defensively. They don't stop the run that well. They're 26th against the rush. I think I don't think Kansas City is going to win it this year. I'll just leave it there. The question then becomes who can go into Green Bay and win, and we're going to have to play the games and find out. Well, meanwhile, they sit home and they, and they lie in wait for their next uh, – I'm not going to say victim because, look, I don't care what you say about the National Football League, especially the COVID – uh, anything can happen on any given Sunday or Saturday. And I've joked about this before. Bob Euchre once hit a home run off Sandy Koufax, who was a teammate of Tommy Lasorda's, rest his soul. 
So there you have it. Look, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and it's fun to, I would say, ruminate about possibilities. I would just leave you with this, this thought about Tom Brady. Whether you like him or hate him or whoever you want to give the credit to, look at his record and what he's done in and of itself without any context. Don't try to diminish it. Just enjoy what you're seeing. You're seeing history. And I think he's not done yet, but we all know his days probably are numbered because at some point he's going to you know, turn 68 and he's not going to be able to play anymore. All right, coming up on the other side, Steve Fezzik is uh, going to join us. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to figure out what we learned today and we're going to look ahead to tomorrow. And Fez will give you his best bet for tomorrow as we go to day two of Wild Card Super Weekend. Did I say that right? Or is it Super Wild Card Weekend? Whatever the hell it is, I kind of like these triple headers. And I'm, I'm hoping the NFL maybe does this again next year and in future years. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Sports Radio, Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you've always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And yes, the only radio show in the history of the universe that exclusively plays. Motown bumper music. All right, let's get to our guest. He's joined us every week uh, for football season and, and longtime friend of mine, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Super Contest here in Las Vegas. And you also hear him weekdays on Straight Out of Vegas, 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern, Steve Fezzik. Hey, Fez, how are you, buddy? I've never heard the term Motown bumper music, but I like it, Bernie. Thank you. I think it could catch on. All right. Speaking of catching on, the Buffalo Bills have caught on. Let's let's take a minute to reflect on what we may have learned today. Uh, Buffalo gets it done against a, a very game uh, Indianapolis team with a very good good defense. And uh, Buffalo still, to me, is the hottest team in the league right now. What are your thoughts? You know what struck struck me was how many passes Philip Rivers just seemed to be shot putting to covered receivers. And yet somehow they just kept getting completed over the course of the game. I kept waiting for the patented Philip Rivers interceptions that just didn't come and kept um, Indy in the game. whole lot of offense today, including this game, 51 key number, and it lands on it. I know this total was higher and got bet down to 51, so shows the importance of shopping for the best number. Absolutely. All right, my favorite play of the day. I made no bones about it. Uh, I love the Rams plus four. They went out right. Uh, you got to love that defense. But, hey, they put up 349 yards, including 168 on the ground. They've got a puncher's chance against anybody they play, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt about it. And what was most impressive to me is that even uh, when the Rams had to go with Goff, not 100%, that, you know, that defense just totally shut down Russell Wilson and company the entire game. I know Seattle got 20 points but Wilson only threw for for a buck seventy four, and um, that defense is absolutely nasty, super impressive. Yeah, I knew they were going to harass Russell Wilson all day. And look, on thirteen of the sixteen games this year, the Rams out yarded their opponent by ninety five yards. That says something to me. All right, Tampa Bay uh, laying more than seven on the road only the third time since two thousand eight. Only they didn't win outright, but they really didn't cover. But that doesn't really matter to me. I focus on Tom Brady, 381 yards, two touchdowns, a 104th passer rating. 
Uh, it looks like, I, unless you think the Bears are going to beat the Saints, uh, it, it looks like to me that the, that uh, Tampa Bay will visit New Orleans again for the third game. What are your thoughts on them going forward? Yeah, and a Leonard Fournette sighting. Fournette, who has seemed to step slow and not in sync all year long, had a really fine game, broke it out to the outside at a key point, um, picking up a first down, and with Ronald Jones, Rojo, unable to go in this game, um, that set up the passing game nicely for Brady, having a running game as well. All right, so let's look ahead to tomorrow. Uh, I have the same feeling about Tennessee that I had about the Rams. And, and by the way, not for nothing, and I've said this several times, the dogs continue to bark wild card weekend heading into this wild card weekend. They were already 8-3 and three against the number in their last 11, 5-6 and six straight up. You had one dog went out right today. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been inconceivable that all three could have. I like this Tennessee team. I just like their DNA. I like the cut of their jib. I like the fact that two 11-5 teams, teams with the same record, Fez, since 1980 in the playoffs, the team, the home team wins that game. They're kidding three and a half tomorrow. Ryan Tannehill's excellent as a dog. Your thoughts? Oh, I like the Tennessee offense. I keep expecting Derrick Henry to feel all these carries he's had because he's had 380 of them year to date, but he hasn't slowed down at all. But the Tennessee defense most certainly has slowed down, and we saw it the last two weeks, um, both on the road, and Tennessee had to finish with five of their last seven games on the road. Now, we'll get, be getting back home, help the defense? Maybe. But I don't like what I saw week 16 at Green Bay. don't like what I saw week 17 at Houston. And having been on the road those two weeks, I think Baltimore is absolutely going to have their way with them offensively. Can Tennessee keep up? Possibly, we will see. But a rare case, Bernie, where I expect there to be nothing but offense, but I still don't think that it's going to get to 55 points because these are two of the three teams in the NFL that run the ball more than they pass. So the clock is going to be tick, tick, ticking throughout this game. I think the playoffs are an entirely different animal. It's what I call quantum physics. I think Lamar Jackson, I'm a big fan, but I think he knows he's 0-2. You talk about the self-imposed pressure. Pressure is involving, you know, pressure to me involves holding mental pictures of what you don't want to happen. And I've seen him in interviews all week saying they don't think Lamar can win a playoff game. That's taking up space in his head. I think Baltimore's in trouble tomorrow. I realize what you're saying, but how much do you factor in what I'm saying and, and what I'm implying in terms of the quantum physics factor and that Baltimore knows they're being observed. They got all the pressure in the world on them in the expectation to win this game. Oh, it definitely is a huge factor. And if things start to go south in any way for Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, then those demons are going to be in the front of his mind, and that could be a complicating factor. We might be looking at a, a case where either uh, this game goes down to the wire or Baltimore gets comfortable and they go ahead and win by 14. The longer it goes, the better Tennessee's chances are for an outright upset as long as they're hanging around. Reminds me of when Steve Sachs couldn't throw the ball to first base and other of my 800 Tommy Lasorda stories. All right, let's go down to the Big Easy, the only double-digit line of the day. Uh, this game's tricky for me. Uh, the Bears Fest averaging 24, uh, 27 points or more in the last four games. 
They're running the ball extremely well to the clip of just under 150 yards the last six games. And frankly, they outplayed, the Bears outplayed the Saints back on November 1st. Do you have a side or a lean or a like the total or this game, Saints laying 10? I'm going to lean to the Bears. Yes. And I had an epiphany late in the week on this game. Now, McKenzie's been researching home field all year long. And bottom line, it just hasn't been worth hardly anything at all. Home teams and road teams have scored very comparable numbers of points. So the reason this is significant is that the Bears last week were at home, and this week they're on the road. But does it really matter all that much in this COVID year? It doesn't. Who'd they play last week? Right. Well, they played Green Bay, and there were some books hanging four in that game. This week they're playing the Saints, and the line's 10. Bernie, I'm not sure who's better, the Saints or Green Bay, but I think Green Bay, if anything, is a slightly better team. Here's where I'm going. If you, um, the Bears were only getting four last week. Now they're getting 10. This point spread is inflated. I could only bet Bears. Not for nothing, this is a Yogi Berra stat. Those two teams have locked up in the playoffs prior in 1990 and 2007. By the way, the Bears won both outright. Um, we can talk about this later, but you had an epiphany. Do you have anything to drink with that? Never mind. I, ha- I have not drank yet tonight, <laughs> which means I won't because I usually am asleep three minutes after this right. ends. <laughs> I think good to know I'm putting you to sleep. Fez. That's, that's good to know. All right, the game that America is dying to watch tomorrow. Don't tell me you're not. Uh, and I have to. I'm guessing, Fez, this is your best bet. Cleveland will visit Pittsburgh, and we all know the numbers. We've heard them ad nauseum. Cleveland hasn't won in Pittsburgh since Moby Dick was a minnow. Cleveland's given up more points. They got COVID. They're missing their coach. They're missing their playmakers. Uh, or check that. They're missing their uh, play caller. Fez, take the floor. Just go ahead. Take this game wherever you want. I like Pittsburgh. This is my best bet. I get it. Pittsburgh was minus four, and now they're minus six. Wait a minute, Fez. You lost two points of line value. Well, but look at what I've gained during the week. You nailed it. I got a Cleveland team that hasn't practiced all week, a Cleveland team that doesn't have their head coach, their play caller. I also have a Cleveland team with key injuries. One of their best linemen, Batonio, is out, and one of their key defensive linemen, Olivier Vernon, out with an Achilles. This guy has had eight sacks in the last eight games. He has been playing great football. So with key personnel missing, with a quarterback, Baker Mayfield, which I could make the case is one of the – uh, quarterbacks in the league that when everything's going well and he's not pressured, he's a darn good quarterback. But as soon as he feels pressure in the pocket, or I think just in life in general, look at the games with bad weather this year. He was lousy against the Raiders, lousy against Houston, not good against the Eagles in bad weather. Again, another out-of-the-norm situation. I don't think we could get much more out-of-the-norm than what we've seen during this week. I like Pittsburgh laying the six. All right, so you're laying the wood. Uh, I only got 10 seconds. I like the over of 47. Uh, Pittsburgh put 38 up on them last time they played there. And, by the way, Cleveland, their defense is giving up 27 points a game, and that's when they're healthy. Do you like that, the over or not? Uh, Parlay it with Pittsburgh because I think it's correlated. I could see Pittsburgh scoring 35 points by themselves. Very good. All right, that's thanks, Fez. Appreciate it. Go to bed. Thank you, Thanks, man. Appreciate you. All right, that's Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Super Contest here in Las Vegas, here in Daly 
on uh, Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio, 3 to 4 Pacific, 6 to 7 Eastern. Coming up, Sleepy's Best Bet, and I'm going to break down the Monday college football championship game and give you my thoughts and predict the winner. But first, let's go to the man. He is so cool. If he patted you on the back, you'd put it on your resume. It's Brian Finley with the latest. <laughs> man, I, I, I wow. I, I'm flattered, Bernie. Uh, Bill Belichick jealously watches as Tom Brady wins a playoff game without him. Brady catapults the Bucks to their first postseason victory since 2002 after nicking up the Washington football team 31-23. TB passed for 381 yards and two scores, one to Antonio Brown, the other to Chris Godwin. Running back Ronald Jones did not get to play after injuring his quad during pregame workouts. Leonard Fournette filled in, had 132 yards from scrimmage. Washington QB Taylor Heineke played for Alex Smith, threw for over 300 yards, had a touchdown in the air, and he won the respect of his teammates in the third quarter when he submarined headfirst, reaching out for the pylon for the score. The Rams rat out the Seahawks 30-20 to in Seattle. Jared Goff coming in for John Wolford, who went to the hospital as a precautionary measure after a hit to the neck in the first quarter. Goff finished with 155 yards in the air and a touchdown just 12 days ago. He had three nails put into his thumb. Cam Akers wheeling for 131 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup injured his knee in the second half, but according to NFL Network, it's nothing serious, just a knee contusion that won't impact his status next week. Here is, after the game, a melancholy Seattle Seahawks head coach, Pete Carroll. It's really frustrating to be done. The suddenness of this is, there's nothing like it. You just have to deal with it, and so that's what we're, we're going to do. We've got meetings tomorrow, and we'll come back and try to figure out a little bit more where put it in perspective, but uh, really disappointed in, in this outcome. The Bills gasping by the Colts 27-24. Josh Allen, 324 yards through the air. He had touchdown passes to Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox, and the ageless Phillip Rivers now 5-7 and seven all-time in playoff games. Back to the timeless Bernie Fratto, out of straight out of Vegas, despite the fact that he likes to play the Motown bumper music. I'll pretend I didn't hear that. That is the uh, <laughs> the uh, the dulcet tones, the, uh, the silver tongue devil, Brian Finley. All right. Sleepy has been rock solid all year, hot with his bets. And uh, in this particular best bet, uh, Sleepy not only, I think uh, – and he not only agrees, or I agree with him, or he agrees with me on one of the games I talked about earlier tomorrow, but he takes it a step further. And frankly, I, I kind of like what he's doing here because if he's right, you'll make more money betting it his way. Let's give it a listen. All right, Bernie, NFL playoffs for Sunday. Here's my best bet. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans on the money line. That's right, I think the Titans win this one straight up. I'm going to go ahead and get plus 150 on this wager. You know, Bernie, I don't believe that the Ravens deserve to be the favorite in this game. I think the Tennessee should probably be a slight favorite in this one. You know, I feel like I get the better quarterback with Tannehill when it comes to throwing the ball. I certainly get the better running back with Derrick Henry. And I feel like I have the better wide receivers in this game with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Now, look, I know that this team, Tennessee has beaten this Ravens team, but I think that gives them confidence. I know a lot of people are talking about the revenge angle, 
But look, when you lose against the team, not once but twice, I think that kind of weighs on you. I think that that puts a little bit of doubt in your mind. And when Derrick Henry is running downhill at you, you know, for four straight quarters, and look, this guy can go ahead. He can get you 100, 200 yards on the ground. You know, come fourth quarter when you really need to either have the ball and sustain a drive or you need to go ahead and try to slow him down. You know, you were just tired. And I think Derrick Henry is going to end up running all over this Ravens defense tomorrow. I think that's going to limit the amount of time that Lamar Jackson spends on the field. Therefore, it's going to limit the amount of time that the Tennessee Titans defense is on the field as well. So, Bernie, I'm going to make this one short and sweet. I'm taking Tennessee to win the game outright. I'm betting them on the money line, plus 150. And that's my NFL Sunday best bet. See, I actually think that's going to happen too. I do. I I know. I went going into this weekend. I believe there would be two outright upsets from dogs. We had one today. I believe it would be the Rams and I would and Tennessee. Let's go back to January of this year. Baltimore was the number one seed. They were laying ten against Tennessee. Tennessee wins outright, twenty-eight to twelve. They come back. They beat them in November, thirty to twenty-four. Tennessee beats Baltimore in November, thirty to twenty-four in overtime. I just like the DNA of this Tennessee team. I just do. And I think you talk about self-imposed pressure. People talked about whether Brady had pressure tonight. Dude, he could never win a game again in the rest of his life. His legacy is secure. You talk about, you know, did uh, did Josh Allen have pressure? Sure, because Buffalo had an amazing season, and you hate to see it go down in flames in one game. Here's pressure, because they're telling us they got pressure. Uh, Lamar Jackson's done everything except winning the playoffs. And, well, you know what? He's got to do it, and he's got to do it on the road tomorrow. And I know there's really no home field advantage anymore in the NFL because there's no fans, and that matters. But still, they've got to travel to Tennessee where Mike Vrabel and company will be lying in wait. And there's something about the DNA of this Tennessee team that I like. And as I talked about earlier, when you get two teams that are 11-5, and or they're both 11-5, and two teams that have the same record since 1980, the home team, 20-6 and straight up in those situations. And Tennessee's getting points. At home. All right. Let's fast forward to Monday night. Really looking forward to Ohio State, Alabama. I'm a Big Ten guy. Spent many years back there covering the Michigan Wolverines. Immense respect for Ohio State and what they've done, Ryan Day. Right now, the line's about eight. If you liked Bama, your best bet was to get on them before. If you missed that, you might want to get on them now because Tony Miller, the uh, Golden Nugget, tells me he believes this is going to be a runaway line Monday. Uh, you know, the NFL's king, people's focus is right there. But you watch what happens money. This line's probably going to go to nine, nine and a half. You could even see it go to ten. I will grab the points in Ohio State Monday. Ohio State getting three or more, now 14-0 and against the number, 11-3 and straight up. They uh, are they harassed uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence badly, and they're going to harass Mac Jones. But Alabama's getting their points. Let's not poo-poo them. But, but I will tell you this, that there is a thing about this Alabama team, and Florida somewhat exposed it. In, in Nick Saban's five national championship Alabama teams, they averaged defensively allowing only 243 yards per game. That's unheard of. This year's version of the Alabama team, as good as they are, that defense is averaging 360 yards per game. That's significantly more than Saban's previous teams. And when I saw what uh, Ohio State's offense did on January 1st to Brent Venables, highly touted run-stop unit, they unleashed a, a, a balanced attack 
that accounted for not only 254 yards on the ground, but 385 yards passing. That's 649 yards against, or 639 yards. That's eight more than what LSU gained in last year's championship game when they destroyed Clemson. So you fast forward to Monday night, and you add it all up. And oh, by the way, there's even bulletin board material. Remember last week, Dabo Sweeney had Ohio State ranked 11th. Well, Ohio State was already fired up. My moles told me, you hadn't seen the best of Ohio State this year. They were frustrated about the COVID games they couldn't play. They were frustrated about how they were being perceived in public. They hadn't really come together and jailed and played their best game. You saw what they could bring. And there are, to me, Ohio State has always been a culture where you bring your best, we bring our best, and we'll take our best over your best. And then right on schedule, one of Nick Saban's daughters tweeted something out, very untoward about Ohio State, and then deleted it. And it got back, of course, to Buckeye Nation. And look, those aren't those things singularly aren't enough to change the outcome of a game or how a team's motivated, but it didn't help. And I think Ohio State's really got something to prove. And in college football, uh, as my friend Kenny White likes to say, motivation is everything. And not to say that Alabama's not motivated, I think Ohio State is more motivated. And boy, tonight and tonight, you know, I know it's against the law to practice psychology without a license, but I've been doing it a lot tonight. So this is going to be fun to watch tomorrow and Monday. I like Ohio State plus the points, and I think they can win the game outright. And a matter of fact, in the Las Vegas Review-Journal poll uh, of all the cool people that get to, you know, and I get to get my name in the paper and and predict who will win the game, uh, spoiler alert, I've got Ohio State winning outright 38-35. Why not? Let's, let's, let's do the whole whole deal. So... I think you grabbed the points. You got good value. We shall see. You still got to play the game. All right, coming up. You know them. You love them. You can't live without them. Comes up with all kinds of great data and angles and storylines designed to stretch your brain. It's Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. And before I go any further tonight, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. First, I want to welcome back the inimitable Ryan Bershinger, host of the Swing Shift podcast. And also a man for all seasons. So Ryan does a great job. He was with me a long time before and went on to other things. And, and now now he's back. So welcome back, Ryan. Good to have you. And, of course, Chris Perfett always does a great job. And so does uh, Brian Finley on the updates. Great broadcast team. Thanks, guys, for all you do. All right. You know him, you love him. You can't live without him. Mackenzie Rivers, we are back with another uproarious segment of Mackinac Sports. And we've got what McKenzie's calling odds and ins tonight. We're going to kind of bounce around. But I think, for starters, you sort of want to uh, piggyback on some of my Tom Brady comments over the last couple of years and uh, and pat me on the back. Is it? Yeah, you mentioned it in August. You mentioned it at the top of the show that Bucks were just going to be an excellent team this year. Good call, Bernie. It was a 9.5 win total. You said they're going to win 10-plus games. And the boy from Michigan did it again. As you mentioned, 31 career playoff wins. Just to put that in perspective, if you add up all the Mannings and you throw in Kurt Warner, 
you're not quite there yet. If you put John Elway and Joe Montana, add their careers up, you only got 30 career playoff wins. It's really, I mean, obviously he had an incredibly fortuitous run to get there with the teammates and coaches and franchise that he got to run with, but 31 career play, playoff wins. I think we just got to take a moment and realize that's not going to happen probably for another 50 years. And one last thing about that, in those 31 wins, he's actually beaten 17 different teams over his career. All right, moving on. Uh you've always been uh you've always been interested in 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 the capabilities of road teams and you know you spotted a great trend last year in the NBA that was real money maker and that's continuing here with the wild card weekend. The very first segment you brought me on, I appreciate you bringing me on every Saturday night. It's a pleasure. Was about road favorites in the NBA. And I was just looking in every other sport, every other page I turned over, whether it's German soccer or Chinese ping pong, it just doesn't seem like teams or players at home have any real advantage. In fact, over the last two years in the NFL, there's been about 30,000 points scored. Home teams have outscored road teams by 11 points on the dot. That's it. And in the wild card round, for whatever reason, road teams keep killing it. 2-1 and one today. Now over the last four years, 12-2-1 ATS. Not too shabby. And I would actually grade the Washington football team uh, as a, yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it could have been a push. A lot of betters got it at 8, so that would have been two 0-1 undefeated road teams today. Bottom line is your, your point's taken. As a matter of fact, of the last 10 wild card games played, the road team won seven outright. Outright, it's, wow. it, it's incredible. All right, let's get to business then tomorrow because one of the road teams to uh, on Sunday uh, might have something to do with your Sunday best bet. Yes, I lean towards the Bears plus 10. We've seen the Saints in the first round of playoffs not get off to the best start, their excellent capability. But their defense, Bernie, has been playing the same way the last five weeks. They've been getting after running quarterbacks directly through the middle, making them push to the outside. We saw this with Jalen Hurts, ran for over 100 yards. We saw this with Patrick Mahomes, ran for about 50 rushing yards. Mitch Trubisky, over-under, is only about 13.5 rushing yards tomorrow. I love the over. That's my best bet. Over 13. Not only do I think the game script will allow, will force him to be on the move most of the game, Bernie, he has to have an excellent performance in order to continue his career as a starter in the NFL. It's make-or-break time. He, he's uh, he's done with his rookie, rookie uh, contract at this point. Next year, someone's either going to have to put up and invest in him as a long-term starter or he's going to have to play the backup role. It's up to him to determine where he fits in the NFL tomorrow. Tall order tomorrow, but the last four games, which helped get the Bears into the playoffs, that offense has woken up, right? Absolutely, and it uh, runs through Mitch. Yeah, They've scored 30 points more than once. They're averaging 27 a game, not for nothing, and they're in perfect conditions tomorrow in New Orleans. I actually do expect that to be a fairly high-scoring game, and I, I just can't see the Bears winning it, but I do see them hanging that number. You know, I, We'll see what happens. Uh, not let's, a, let's get to something we might disagree with, Bernie. I heard you going, uh, you like the points in Ohio State, huh? Yep, go ahead. You got the floor. Well, I mean, I, I understand why you're going to go with this trend. I mean, like you said, 13 in a row when Ohio State gets three plus, they win. Historically, that's the tradition. But I think this Alabama is a different beast than we've ever seen before. Just consider this. Devontae Smith just won the Heisman Trophy, the great Alabama receiver. For the first half of the season, he wasn't even their best wide receiver. That would have been Jalen Waddle, who had more receiving yards through, than him through the first four games. And guess what? He's back from his ankle injury. You're going to have not only the best player in college football this year, 
but his backup, who's actually better than him, number one prospect on the other side. I think this is probably talent-wise, maybe the greatest college football team we've ever seen. What do you think, Bernie? Well, I can't make that statement. They haven't won anything yet. But first of all, let's go back to 2015. People said the same thing about Alabama. They were loaded, and that was Urban Meyer's national championship team. They physically beat up Alabama and won. I think physically they match Alabama. And one last thing, who gives Nick Saban trouble? Which kind of quarterbacks? Mobile quarterbacks. Justin Fields, Johnny Manziel, Deshaun Watson. So, look, I understand that Alabama's got weapons all over the place, but football is played in three phases. And I think Ohio State, I think Alabama has met their match. It's going to be something to watch. It's going to be one of those spectacles. It's going to be something you can pull up on YouTube and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy is in the NFL. I remember that guy's in the NFL. Right. Oh, yeah, that guy's that third stringer that's coming off from the Patriots. It's going to be fun stuff, historic stuff on Monday night. Excellent stuff as always, McKenzie. So we'll see what happens. And uh, I do like Alabama plus the points. All right, that's going to do it. For this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas, I'm Bernie Fratto. I want to thank Steve Fezzik for coming on again tonight. Next up, the man from Nashville. He always brings it strong. It's time for the Jason Martin Show. Keep it locked on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!